0: Welcome to Creativity, the podcast where art and engineering collide. My name is Max Maker
1: and this is my co-host, Jeremy S. Cook. Hi, everyone. In our podcast today, we've got a very special guest. is Daniel of Switch and Lieber.
2: Hello, hello, hello. How are you today? I'm great. Can't complain. Thanks for being here. Yeah, it's... um... Where are you right now? Oh, where am I right now? I'm in a nice uh, little seaside town called Alassio in Italy. Celebrating the New Year's in relative warmth, actually, which is kind of weird.
1: Nice, oh, that nice. would be nice. <laughs> so, what are, what are you doing in Italy?
2: Uh, well, a while back, I, I well, Jaco or Jaco, whatever as he's been known as well. You all know him. Uh, I joined up with uh, with him and the team of uh, the Maker Knife. So I've been spending some time in Italy, and I think I technically kind of moved here.
0: And that brings us to the topic of this week's podcast, and that is that you went to China to source some parts, some switches and levers, you could say. <laughs> so uh, we would love to hear, hear everything about your trip there. Uh, where did you go? What have you been doing there? And what did you experience? Oh, that that's not a,
2: a small feat. How long time do we have? Oh, we, <laughs> we can go on for hours. <laughs> um well, I, I think you summarized it pretty well. Uh, we went uh, like the maker knife has been in in uh, not in production but in development for quite some time before I joined. So I joined shortly before the the China trip. So all the all the producers and manufacturers, assemblers, and everything was pretty much nailed down when when I joined. Um, but we went four guys to to Shenzhen in uh, China to basically oversee uh, the assembly and manufacturing and do quality control and make sure that everything was the, the way that we intended it to be quality-wise and, and uh, yeah, to make sure that everyone got the knives that they were, were hoping for.
0: Uh, wow, that sounds like uh, quite quite a organization if you go there with four people i thought it would just be one person or that you could just do it over email basically i
2: i say actually we could have been more people if we were more people on the team because there was a lot of of stuff that needed to to be doing it's 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 not just overseeing manufacturing but it's also all the parts are made in different factories so you go there and make sure it's it's done the right way and to work a lot on on the communication as well and and i think anytime when you go into a meeting to have more than one person there, so you're not just alone. It's it's always a benefit. So you have someone to kind of uh, ballpark ideas with as you're as you're moving through the process.
1: Mm-hmm. Sure. And is this your first time in China or being in the the Shenzhen? I guess is it? That-
2: yeah, it's my first time in in. Actually, it's my first time east of Turkey. I would say, so it was quite the the culture clash.
0: and Shenzhen why exactly that town why not Shanghai or Hong Kong or any other Chinese city
2: I actually asked myself that question so I dug down into the history of, of Shenzhen and basically 40 years ago that town was just a small little seaside fishing village and then this whole economic overturn of China happened and they designated the Guangdong area where shenzhen is as this economic zone of some sort and it basically created this multi-million city of just production it's it's completely insane if you go there people are producing things everywhere everything from these huge factories with clean rooms and everything to Basically, your mom and pop shop shops by the road with a CNC machine or a mill <laughs> uh, in an open face garage out to the street, making you small little parts.
0: It's, wow! No, Did it's, you buy so the, anything from such small vendors? Uh, not,
2: no, not really. I think a lot of them actually make parts for other. Uh, like the, the, there is one small step in a production line. So they, they end up making hundreds or thousands of small parts that then go to another factory for for something else.
1: So, so these guys that are open to garage, they're not, you know, let's just say, you know, you can't buy stuff from say eBay from them. They're probably, it's almost like a cog in a factory that's made up of all these mom and pop shops that just kind of, you know, all the logistics trains go to the bigger, bigger, Bigger and bigger facility, and then it builds up to whatever whatever you want. Is that kind of that, that, kind of what's yeah, going that's, on? that's
2: kind of a, what I, I imagine. I don't have the full insight of how everything works, but but considering from what I saw and just how many of these there are, I doubt that just one one little mom and pop shop makes one thing and sells it. It's more like they're part of this bigger network, basically, of of, of small scale
0: producers.
1: Wow, that's that's a that's really incredible what then, i find incredible
0: is that this plan actually works that they make a special zone like this is where we make manufacturing and it yeah, actually I worked
2: the, it, it went over 40 years they went from just a few thousand people to 20 million people it's it's completely insane
0: so what could you buy there what, what are some things that, that you um,
2: sourced actually let me split that in two there are two kind of places there's like the shenzhen proper which is kind of like the the city that's just beyond the Hong Kong border, and it's a little bit more touristy, and it's become known through channels like uh, Strange Parts, for instance, the the guy who made the um, the iPhone from parts, and he put a, a headphone jack in an iPhone Seven that didn't have it. So there's been a lot of like electronics parts tourism in a sense. So you can buy anything from just yeah electronic knickknacks to some tools, but it's it's mostly lower quality i would say and then if you go up Mm -hmm. into like the more production areas of shenzhen you find these basically huge malls of again it's just small stalls with like one or or two people working per stall and they sell everything you can imagine everything from tools like electronic tools metalworking tools woodworking electronic parts of course and every sort of part and variant you, you, you can imagine me being Switch and Lever, I ended up filling my suitcase, obviously, with switches and buttons and all sorts of knobs. And... I've seen it on your Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, I, I tired out quite a few people on Instagram with my incessant posts of, of components.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I noticed that you posted one picture posted twice. That posted one
2: picture twice? Just Oh no. Yes, you did. How embarrassing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I liked all those switches because if you've never bought any switches, you would be surprised how expensive they are if, oh, if yeah. you buy them and in the West.
2: So, some of the ones I bought were actually reasonably exp- expensive, but then when you look at it in a greater scheme, like how much would I have paid for that if I bought it in, in Europe and in the, in the US, and it, it just doesn't compare. It's uh, It's so much cheaper to go there.
0: Hmm. And did you have any problems uh, moving it into Europe
2: again? I nice. stuffed in my suitcase and hoped for the best.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's it's okay to bring stuff in worth less than like 250 euros or so.
2: Yeah. Uh, let's say, for argument's sake, that I was below that.
0: Oh yeah, of course you were. <laughs> but you know, the price counts in the country where you bought it, not the European prices.
2: Yeah, so. uh, that is true. That is true.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I did that once with DVDs I bought in Peru. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you, you know, I, I've heard you can get a copy of SolidWorks for about fifty dollars in South America. Is that? <laughs> so, so I'm sure that's legitimate. It's probably, good, probably worth. But you can, but you can get Fusion Three Sixty for free. Ooh. that's true. <laughs> that is that is true.
0: I, I still can't believe that we actually get to use that software for free i'm always waiting for the day where they want a lot of money
1: i think that's i think it's like a like a drug dealer you know they get you hooked on the (laughs) whatever it is and then they say well first first uh first sample's free and then uh now that you can build everything in your garage and just have these amazing models now now it's uh you know ten thousand dollars license fee per year (laughs) no you know honestly though it's um the yearly license fee if you do want to buy it as a company it's not it's not cheap, but it's, you know, compared to like SolidWorks or Pro Engineer mm-hmm. or something, it's pretty it's, reasonable.
0: It's, it's reasonable, yeah. Because like I you need Fusion 360 for my work, but I only use it like two weeks in a, in a year for work. And the rest is just, you know, for YouTube stuff and private stuff. Mm. I couldn't buy SolidWorks just to use it for two weeks a year. That wouldn't make any sense.
2: No, I, I think yeah. as 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 a lone user, it, it rarely makes sense to buy a suite like, like SolidWorks. But if you're working with like when i was actually employed in, in stockholm we were working with companies which had like dozens of designer working on uh, net, uh on huge uh, machines with um, servers basically so all the files were linked and everything and then a suite like sold works expensive as it is makes a lot of sense with all the features it actually has so it's it's yep. um, i think fusion is, is doing a, a lot of good just for the the small time time user or the occasional user for that sense
0: yeah Yeah, that's true but i think from the designing capabilities it can do everything you really need to make a product you know Um, it's obviously not as capable as solidworks or all the annexes and mm -hmm. what is there but um like if i wanted to design a full car with it i think i could
1: yeah yeah Um, probably i you know, I came from Pro Engineer. I used that before I used SolidWorks, or before I used um, Fusion three hundred and sixty. You know, I just I just started using that last year, and it's uh, you know I guess you guys you guys are familiar with both probably, but it's you come from this paradigm in the more traditional CAD systems where you had to build the parts and assemble them, whereas Fusion's you've just got this whole assembly area that you just make it. It's that was very that was a bit, a bit hard for me to get over at first, but I think it. I think it I, makes I sense what that. you learn. You don't use I, that. I
0: don't even use it. No, I, I make separate parts and then I join them together in assembly. Yeah. I I don't like that designing everything in place. Yeah, okay. likewise. Well, I, likewise. I didn't like
1: it at first either, but then I th- I thought you had to, so I got used to it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you you can use uh, SolidWorks like that as well. Essentially, start with an assembly and work your way to the parts, and just make new parts as you go along. But I I never never really liked that that way. I want to work on each part in isolation and then kind of put them together and see how it actually works together and adjust, adjust accordingly.
0: Yeah. And, and for my product, I need them in isolation because I'm using the same part for multiple Mm, um, models. So I need to make sure it's exactly the same parts every time. Cause Mm. if I make a little change by accident, um, it will mess everything Mm. up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So how, how do these companies work in China? Um, How do you even find them? Because you said everything was set in place before you went there.
2: I think that that's actually a better question answered by Jaco and uh, David, who is the other guy behind uh, the Maker Knife. Uh, I know a lot of, of stuff was kind of set up through contacts that David had already established long ago with with his uh, separate company. So I'm not quite uh, up to speed with what what, what mm-hmm. happened there. But I, I will say and, one thing. How was the communication? Oh, exactly, communication. One thing is having someone there on site that actually speaks English and can interpret. That That is just, without that, it's impossible, basically. Okay, well, wow. uh, th-
1: really, that's, that's, that's probably a little discouraging for uh, some people listening to this. But, <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, it
2: is what it is. Com- I would say the biggest challenge of, yeah. of everything in this manufacturing process has been communication of making sure that what I am or we are expressing that we want, that that is exactly what they understand that we want as well. And uh, I mean, always when, you, when you're crossing when sure, sure. language barriers, there's going to be some some level of confusion going on.
1: So does anybody on your direct team ha- speak Chinese by any chance or is it you have to have a translator? Uh,
2: unfortunately not. We had a contact uh, there who, who uh, helped, but uh, we found out this really nice, like, you know, Google Translate has this thing uh, for the app that you can talk into and it actually speaks back the language you want to translate into. Oh, there wow. are devices <laughs> like that. You can you can buy an actual device that just does that. So we bought one of those to to help us uh, <laughs> Help us uh,
1: translate. <laughs> so, so, so did you, bu- did you buy itself. it? In, did you buy in Shenzhen from a guy from an o- yeah, open exactly. market, yeah. from an open garage? <laughs> Not
2: from an open garage, but but from from uh, uh, electronics market there. It, 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 the,
0: oh, you you actually did yeah, buy that there.
2: We didn't know oh, it yeah. existed oh, okay. before was, we, was... we went there.
0: Jeremy, can you move a little bit away from the mic, just a bit? Sh- sure.
1: No, my my uh, that, How's that? Sound? Okay.
0: Yeah, that's better. Sorry.
2: Um, sure. And those those devices, they, so they, were, companies... actually, they were pretty yeah. pretty awesome, even though they made the wrong interpretation. The, the voice to text wasn't always uh, super accurate to some hilarious consequences.
1: <laughs> so so what, what was the most hilarious? Um, well, what, what happened? Can you give us it, an example it, it of that? It depends
2: on how PG rated you
1: want to keep this... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, mostly PG, a little PG-13. Yeah, I, I, I would
2: say it, when it made errors, it tended to err on the side of R-rated uh, stuff, unfortunately. <laughs> we we ended up, unfortunately, <laughs> insulting people. Of course, they understood it wasn't what we wanted to say, but, but uh, there were a few F-words and genitalia mentioned. That's all I'm going to say. I,
0: I have this feeling that Chinese language is very, um, you know picturey in, in describing things. <laughs> well, I, I think so. But and but then it's also the most uh, difficult thing to discuss uh, technical stuff oh, yeah. in a foreign you, language. You
2: really have to break it down step by step and use as simple explanations as possible, and and then get confirmation for every step to make sure that they, they actually understood nice. what what we were trying to say.
0: And with the maker knife, you um, you've got a lot of CNC machine parts, I think, mm-hmm. from the from the pictures. Um, how what kind of cnc machines are they using in china and i'm wondering why why can they produce these parts so much cheaper because a cnc cost should cost the same right in 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 europe or in in china and the operator doesn't (coughs) excuse me And the operator doesn't do that much yeah right? I,
2: I think uh there, there is a little bit of a myth that uh, production in china is is very cheap uh, the the manual labor cost has actually increased quite quite a lot in recent years so right now if you want to have cheap manufacturing you should maybe look to places like south america for instance but uh, a lot of the reason mm-hmm. why you go to specifically Shenzhen and China in general is actually for the expertise and because you have so many producers just basically a taxi ride up, uh, apart. Um, so in terms of, of machines, they use anything from really high-end like Japanese CNC's to really poor Chinese copies of, of random CNC machines you've never heard of to make parts of, of every kind of upgrade anything from really top of the line parts to to really dare i say really shitty bad quality parts so and Mm -hmm. and, i mean they do everything from uh i I mean any sort of material you can imagine they do edm cutting water jet plasma you name it they they have it basically or or they know someone nearby who has a factory that does just that
1: it's it's Sounds really I mean, it sounds exciting from a engineering perspective. I, I assume I assume very few people go there just as tourists, but <laughs> I would go I mean, as a tourist. Would you? I, I mean, really would like.
0: Well, because I'm an engineer, but I I don't think my girlfriend would like to go. Sure. I mean I, I think <laughs> I would if there definitely was a, love
1: to see that. I think I'd rather tour the uh pineapple juice making plant in Hawaii <laughs> or something, you know. But uh, that's <laughs> No, I, I would enjoy it too, but as you point out, I, th- I think my wife would probably probably like going somewhere. Yeah, we can do a guys different. trip there. <laughs> yeah, you, right. you just
2: have to work in some sort of business related uh, trip thing to to actually go there and then spend a few extra days just exploring the markets and everything.
0: Yeah, well, I would. I, I do need some parts. Um, I, I just recently um, tried to get something made out of fabric, uh, like mm-hmm. a bag, like a duffel bag, something similar to a duffel bag. And I tried really my best to find some sources because I know in Turkey, they do a lot of mm-hmm. production of fabric um, because, you know, the Turkish people, they tend to speak German uh, much better than mm, the Chinese people. True. And I couldn't find a single company I, that I would may do it. have a, a really good connection nobody. for
2: you there, actually.
0: Uh, that, uh, that would be very nice, but well, now for oh. a company from Israel that produces <laughs> well, I, in China. I, I
2: have a a good friend actually who's making a lot of stuff for the military and police and everything from vests to bags to all sorts of stuff from from really, yeah.
0: That sounds excellent. Yep, yeah, please give me that contact. Uh, Canon will do. <laughs> Do, do they make fabric stuff in Shenzhen? Or Shenzhen is it really the really electronics?
2: electronics and I would say like CNC manufacturing mecca of of uh, China. Um, they, they used to do a lot of wood stuff as well, but they had to move that outside of the, I don't know what you call it, county border or something because of all the volatile varnishes and stuff like that. So they're not allowed to do that within Shenzhen anymore.
0: wow sounds like california uh,
2: what's called prop 65 (laughs) or something like that
0: yeah i think you have to do an environmental impact study and and, and everything that
2: potentially can cause cancer needs to be labeled as such
1: yeah oh yeah no it's it's ridiculous you know i get some get some uh, o-ring i get some o-rings from california or not from California. Anyway, I just said th- these O-rings might cause cancer in California. But only like, in California. is actually a little bit disturbing. <laughs> only <there. laughs> I, uh... Yeah, I was like, like, should I be using these or, or not? But I, I think people just yeah. kind of ignore the warnings now. I because, mean,
2: it...
1: you know. Yeah, I, I hope the O-ring wasn't <laughs> for your kid's water bottle. No, you know, I, I think I actually bought the O-rings before I had children. So... <laughs> Maybe they're maybe they're all uh, dry rotted by now. I don't
2: yeah, know. I actually saw when when I was there during Maker Faire last spring, uh, a yoga studio that actually had to have that as a label on the on their door that uh, materials within these premises are known to cause cancer to the state of California. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Really>? Yeah, the <laughs> whole studio I, that can't be no, for I'm, business. I'm sure. I, I wonder what they put on. Wh- I wonder what they put on <laughs> cigarettes there. Probably, probably nothing good. <laughs> I guess
0: it, everybody... it's amazing how much the cigarette consumption went down here in Germany. When I was still at school ten years ago, like half of my classmates were smoking, and nowadays um, they, yeah, they it's don't. Likewise, anymore, in Sweden,
2: it's it's just in the last like 10, 15 years, it's been a dramatic change.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't really know. I work for myself, you don't so meet I. People. I uh, I don't smoke, so I don't meet people. No, it is it is funny though. It's it's like here, which I probably think it probably is is there as well. You know, the people who smoke. You last last job at a big factory I had people who smoked. They had to go outside, go across the street, and then stand on the other some other piece of land to start to smoke. It was just it was ridiculous, and it was just kind of it was just so inconvenient. I mean, not not only are you you know, is it bad for your health? But you're also having to, you know, walk an eighth of a mile. Maybe so not I guess bad maybe thing. Maybe, it'll, maybe on on the uh, yeah. So you're getting some exercise. So maybe it's it all cancels out. Uh, I think it's it's good for communication because you know you, you always get mm-hmm. five minutes of small talk with somebody. Yeah. So yeah, it's um, you know I guess our health <laughs> health lesson day <laughs> on the podcast is. Well, <laughs> a little mixed messages here, but I, yeah, you
0: shouldn't wh- smoke. wear uh, a mask, a dust mask. <laughs> a dust mask. Did, did you do any recreational stuff in, where you, while um, you were in Shenzhen, well, or was it just work? Well,
2: a little unfortunate thing happened. While I was in Shenzhen, it was basically just work. We took uh, a little bit of time off to go to the markets when we had the uh, uh, ability to, but... Um, we, we decided we were going to stay a little bit longer. So we went and uh, was to Hong Kong to extend our visa. And unfortunately, I was not let back into China.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh,
1: why
2: not? What's the reason for uh, the, the, that? What have the Swedes the, ever the done? The Swedes are an amazing people <laughs> and we have done nothing wrong ever. Uh, <laughs> But
1: (laughs) (laughs) same with the Americans, actually. Uh,
2: No, the the problem was uh, because, I mean, we talked about Turkey before. And uh, unfortunately, they have some weird rule that if you've been in Turkey more than 10 days, according to your passport stamps, you're not allowed into China. Uh, If you're a Turkish citizen, that's completely fine. But if you've been as a tourist in, in Turkey for more than 10 days, you're not allowed into China. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, like like ever? I mean, so uh, you can well, no I, lawyer, I I think it's, that... it's
2: more until I get a, a new Heck. a new passport, basically. It, it's all so, solvable, strange. but it was a little bit of a oh. <laughs> Maybe you were just uh, no, supposed I, to pay the, some the money. The thing is, I, I I tried a lot of, of different ways, but <laughs> I was denied to even apply for a, for a visa. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and well, I was then stuck we'll in Hong Kong for a week, uh, only being able to land like like. Is, is he in Hong Kong?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, he, he went to Hong Kong first, I think. Yeah, I never to, went to, to, Russia. to Russia.
1: That's right. Well, according according to the movie, I guess right. I'd never uh, watched it. Oh, you never watched the movie? That was a no really good movie. <laughs> no clue. <Okay. laughs> Anyway, <laughs> no comment. Uh, <laughs> I see one of your friends, Max. Is that what you're you're saying? Last time we were no, <laughs> no, no, no. He's a Swede.
2: <laughs> yeah, th- there are only like Daniel's three brother. people in Sweden. Wait,
0: what?
1: So. S-
0: no, Snowden. I, I Snowden. I, no, I'm talking I I about something. Julian Assange. Oh, I completely Oh, okay. Messed yeah, that yeah up.
1: like I'm pretty sure Snowden's an American. Uh, but yeah, yeah, and I you, guess you to isn't he? He's in Ecuador. Yeah,
2: South African and than Dutch somehow.
1: Oh, no, that's they're, they're all Musk. so confusing. Well, you know, Elon Musk, uh, Edward Snowden, they're, <laughs> they're roughly the same person. I mean, they're both they, computer people, They do the right? stuff with the ones and the zeros. <laughs> exactly. yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, yes. <laughs> whatever that means. Um, but but yeah, to make the long
2: story I had so, an ending, I, I had a week to spend in in Hong Kong and explore all the electronic wonders within, of which I wish I was back in Shenzhen. Hong, Hong Kong is a is a wasteland more uh, or less compared to Shenzhen in that aspect.
1: Hmm.
2: Well, Hong, Hong Kong oh, yeah. it's a decent city oh, though as sure. far I mean, as it's, you're just going to visit right it's a really cool city and has a lot of really cool architecture really vibrant life and everything but from an engineering point of view i, I it, it's not what i what i desired, at least
1: okay well that makes makes sense <laughs> well go i'm not going go there, there
2: spend a day i would but i would Shenzhen say don't is, spend a week
1: on the list
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Well, I, I probably have to fly over. Well, Hong you can Kong also fly into
2: Bauan, which is uh, Shenzhen actually. So you can fly directly in, depending on where you're flying from, I guess.
0: Yeah, oh, likewise, well, I would yeah. always like to go to Tokyo one
2: day. Like the, they have some really cool districts with it like is. vintage gaming and and stuff like that. Yeah, the, yeah, I've uh, seen that uh, on the a, Space a Kibara, I think it's channel.
0: Oh, you even remember the name! Wow. <laughs> yeah, that sounds. But I guess China like is a little bit cheaper as a trip. So now you sourced all the parts. Are they shipping them to to Italy, or are you shipping from there straight to? Uh,
2: most of how, the stuff how does the distribution we, we work? Uh, partnered with a forwarding company. Basically, so they take all our packages. They they slap. Uh, shipping labels on them and basically ship them off to to wherever all over the world. Um, some will be shipped from Italy as well. So we have basically a bulk shipment, which will come here and then we'll we'll package it here and send it out uh, mainly to, to European people. Um, and um, yeah. And so, so sense, some other
1: yeah. stuff. So, so they'll directly send the stuff. Yeah. So they'll directly send a lot of the stuff to the customers no, they, they, or do they, they send it they, to a they, distributor? It's
2: basically a forwarding company, so they oh. act like an in-between between you and the postal service, whether it's the postal service or it, if it's one of those, you know, DHL, FedEx or whatever companies that might be. Um, so they, they will they will do a lot of the manual handling, basically.
1: Oh, that's great. So, so... So you don't have to worry about any of the inventory yourself, except for the stuff that you get yeah. in Europe. And I mean, we, we re- still have to make sure that every yourself, person right?
2: gets the right thing that they ordered, and there are a lot of like, different variants. So there's, st- there's still quite a lot of, of hands-on before we hand over the package, but we don't have to worry about you know buying shipping cost for each and every package and getting, an, getting a tracking mm-hmm. number back and everything. They just deal with that in their system, so it's, uh, it's a really good thing.
0: yeah and the good hmm. thing in europe is you don't we don't have taxes in between the countries so you can just send things over without them being checked or you don't have to talk to any customs people about it. you just send a parcel and yeah. it's really easy
1: i guess like in the u.s yeah yeah i, I guess except for england right is that that's, well that's well yeah still, whole, whole still england or me.
2: the uk is still part of it we'll see for how long
0: Yeah, sure. well, it that gives an incentive true. to ship Although, fast. Although I saw on Instagram that
2: some, uh, some UK people have already started getting their knives from uh, from China. So that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we, uh, we, oh, okay. so we already basically all the people who wanted uh, their knives shipped from Italy uh, they they had to sign up for it basically because we said earlier on that we would ship from from China, but then then we offered the possibility to also ship from from Italy if if the customer wanted to. Hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Why do why do you think yeah, they I... prefer Italy? Do they think it's actually made there? You think yeah, something made no like Oh, right.
0: Like if I if I get that knife from China, I have to go to the customs office oh. and. I really don't enjoy that experience at all. Okay. Because <laughs> they asked me questions. Like I, I once got, got sent a, just a, a clamp for wood stuff from a company as a, you know, as a sponsorship gift. And it was worth 40 bucks. And they, and they asked me, so did you order something from America? And I said, no, nope. <laughs> you didn't order something. Hmm. And then she was already suspicious because they just sent it to me. And then, like, what is this? I said, it looks like a clamp. And <laughs> why did they send this to you, if you didn't order it? I said, well, it was probably just a gift. Why? Why did they, do they? Does a company send you a gift? I said, well, maybe because of mm. YouTube. And then, you know, they were just suspicious from the get-go, oh, and I ended on. up leaving without the clamp. Yeah, and the clamp I, was. I've had experience
2: tomorrow. similar to that in Sweden oh. as well, but mostly <laughs> that you ordered something you had something sent to you that was really cheap and then with the the customs fees and all the handling fees it ends up being like three times as expensive as the original price it's just ridiculous
0: ah. oh, that's good. yeah well we don't have that in germany we just paid 20 percent vat um but they also yeah. you also pay the vat for the shipping which i think is really unfair because if I buy, sometimes I buy
1: screws from China, like specialty metal yeah.
0: items, and half of the price is the shipping.
1: Oh, it sounds sounds horrible. I'm sure I'm paying for it some some, in some shape or form here. But I guess, I guess they yeah, say there's FedEx only...
0: does it for you. If you get something sent yeah. with FedEx, they, they'll, they hold, they'll hold the
2: package hostage and until money you from pay you. them, basically. Okay.
1: Yeah, <laughs> well, I, I remember I, I sold something I had made a part for somebody and I sent it to Australia and you know, the guy, the guy paid me for it and he, he goes to the post office. He's like, Hey, what's the deal? They want like 200 bucks for this. I thought this was already taking, I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. I, you know. I'll have to talk to the post office. Um, you know, I, I was mad myself, but then, then he figured it out a couple hours later <laughs> yeah. that they wanted their, the government wanted their cut, I guess. So. Yeah, I, f- I think shipping to Australia is the <laughs> hardest uh, destination. It's a hard, it's a god mode level. Well, he wanted he wanted the part. He wanted a um. It was a, a camera fixture that I made for a quadcopter, and he wanted it in like a couple days. So I, I'm like, okay, well, you're paying for this shipping, and yeah, I go to the 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 place, and they're like, well, it's going to be. I don't remember how much it was. It was over a hundred dollars <laughs> in shipping, and I'm like, oh, just glad I'm not paying for this myself. <laughs> but he got it so <laughs> that, that all worked way, out way way more expensive than it should have been so i guess do uh, you guys want <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so do you guys want to talk about what uh what you've been working on this uh, this week or this month is that um, yeah, yeah sure. I, mean, so I, 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 I guess we talked about most parts about china um, or did you do you have anything else
2: no, I, unless there's I, anything I mean, else we could I, like talk I, about. I could say, like, to to wrap it up, like, by and large, it was a a really good experience, and a, and I mean, the, there's always a lot of talk. Uh, I've seen, especially in my own YouTube comments, when I have reviewed stuff from China about like, how poor quality stuff from China is, and I would say that they are some of the hardest working people I have ever oh, met, that's, and that's not the, true. the stuff. I mean, you'll see when when you get the maker knife, just to what kind of quality they work at. I, I think that the myth of poor Chinese uh, products are, should be killed. Not to say that there are none, but I mean, that everything from Chinese crap, I think that that's a myth that should be killed. Um, definitely. Exactly, yeah. No, that's definitely. A, that's <clears> a
0: good <throat> point. Every iPhone is made in China.
2: Yeah. I mean, the, the engineering I that goes think into fitting more everything complicated into that phone, iPhone. that's just, that's a marvel in itself.
0: Yeah. yeah but, but I wish we, we could get, you know, hmm. more quality assurance if we buy directly from China. That would be a thing that, that you know, the um, the businesses could really try to find a system for to improve it. I, I know Alibaba has some things in place, like some bias protection. I, I haven't tried it yet it would be nice if i could buy something there with confidence yeah. that when it arrives and there's a problem with it uh, that I could, ebay does you know, re- really well in and that i've fixed. ordered
2: some stuff from china and uh, like some that's tripod mounts and stuff like that they were badly produced basically and and they were like okay no problem you get the money back keep the product thank you so um hmm.
1: that's nice i I, I, I order quite a bit of stuff, electronics and stuff from, from eBay, you know, the Chinese stuff. And up until very recently, pretty much all of them have been fine. I've, I've got some sensors that I'm really – either I hooked them up wrong or they're just not working. So I'm going to have to have to figure that out. But other than that – oh, and I got a – I recently got a magnifying glass from China that – it looks really good, but it, it's made – um it says made in Germany. So I guess – you know but it said on the list. it said made in china so I, I guess i guess the brand name is in, in germany so that's <laughs> you
2: know you can, well you, you, can you, do, you German, do have to be German careful stuff there is in, uh, a lot china, of, of counterfeit so. stuff for a, for sure
1: I, sure i i felt slightly guilty <laughs> buying it because i was certain well, as long wasn't. as it's it's top quality, <laughs> but, you know. uh, who cares? Yeah, I guess uh, it was good, but you know, somebody <laughs> you know, a, a German citizen probably wouldn't uh, wouldn't like his his country's name. Oh, I don't defamed. mind. <laughs> well, I really don't mind. If I have your permission, then I I don't feel bad yeah. anymore. So so
0: thank you, Max. You know what? We are really lucky that we live in a time where we can get our electronics so cheaply like whatever we need we can get it with amazon prime within a few days for a really cheap price imagine 20 years ago how would we do all this electronic stuff without arduino and uh, you know the stuff being available not oh, in bulk but for individuals
1: oh yeah it'd be terrible i mean you know i think you know projects now you know 10 20 years ago if, if i used an arduino type board on something i'd have to when i was done with the project i would had to rip it out and you know basically destroy it but now it's like well this thing costs $2. I can just leave this project to my shelf and maybe I can show it off to whoever comes over. You, you know, I don't have to yeah. be quite so cheap Disposable. about things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
2: And I, I think most importantly you don't need like an engineering uh, degree to to put together something with arduino it's become a lot more democratic and accessible for for everyone from hobbyists all the way up to to the master engineers uh, that's what's so so amazing with the, the last developments.
1: yeah yeah that's, that's true i'm so
0: glad that i had to learn arduino for university project because I think I was one of the only ones that actually was forced to work with Arduino from my course. And it opened up such a huge world of possibilities now. Now I can actually, you know, do customer work, engineering work with electronics in it that is programmed by me and make money with it, which otherwise wouldn't be possible without Arduino. Mm.
1: Sure, sure. So, um, definitely true. It's a, a great, uh, you know, it's, it's I agree. I'll just say that. Yeah. <laughs> so. We should all donate after
0: the show to Arduino.
1: <laughs> yeah, we should. Um, I think... Wait, do they even take donations? Or we should buy a board... Well, they, do, the join, website
0: is full of uh, please donate stuff.
1: Okay. Well, uh, donate to Arduino. Um, <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> okay. Well, go. Cool. Well, well, do you want to you talk about what you've been working on? That seems like mm. a good segue yeah, into sure. that. Daniel, what have you been working on this week?
2: Yeah. Uh, what I've been working on is catching up sleep from China. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, mainly, what I've been working on is a super duper top secret project that's gonna be the 100,000 subscriber extravaganza. Okay, video. does it have flames, explosions? Uh, uh, it will have uh, flames. If there will be cats. There will be some cussing and screaming. <laughs> Um, there will be uh, freezing ice, cold temperatures. There will wow. be explosions. So, Sounds so like a Mythbusters episode.
1: So yes. So you said it's you said it's top secret, <laughs> but can you go, just go ahead and tell us what it is? Is that for the audience? Is that it's all right? Uh, there
2: is a, there is a saying that uh, there is something that is uh, more powerful than the sword. I think the pen is mightier than the sword. Mm. He's going
0: to he's going to Twitter. So it
2: has something to do with. <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm gonna bring a lot of explosives to Twitter. No, that's, that's oh, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no
0: we've got to edit this podcast
1: <laughs> uh, well that's great well, when 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 can we expect to see that when when uh, i assume you put that on your page at some point is that uh a...
2: yes um i'm i'm hoping sometime during january but it, it depends on on a lot of other stuff um that i got going okay. well, we're experience. looking forward to it
1: yeah um, definitely should be should and be awesome. any more
0: products uh from the maker knife uh company i guess or jacko
2: yeah um, i mean the, uh, the maker knife should not be the end of of the the jacko enterprises product development let's let's oh, put wait like that the, let's the see the what the pen future is might get in
0: this are you making a make a pen okay no
1: are, are, are you making a concealable, you know, like a 22 little rifle, pen rifle? Is that, that's probably not, illegal. Not, not in
0: Europe.
2: I think that would tec- tec- technically be illegal. It's probably illegal, so
1: illegal no. in Flo- Florida, but the United States, <laughs> it's not a, might you not know, these, be. A...
0: D- these Nerf gun modifications, I think most of those I couldn't <laughs> even do here in Germany because it's, you know, shooting something through a barrel, that must be illegal. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: so that being said max what have what have you been working on
0: oh i've been doing a whole lot of work uh just finishing up stuff for my business you know sourcing parts as i said from china over israel like some uh, cloth stuff uh, i'm working with uh, easy Ground a little bit more to make another video for them uh, with the epoxy flooring and oh yeah that turned out uh, yeah. beautifully uh oh yeah Oh, yeah, but now we've got a bigger garage with 18,000 square meters, no, 1,800 square meters, so that's 100 times my garage. Um, and I oh. hope I can make a deal with them
1: to, you know, sponsor that, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the first one that's turned out beautifully, on. so hopefully the next one will. I, oh, uh, yeah,
0: yeah, I, I think I learned a lot uh, from that
1: first I, first attempt. I actually I actually um, coded my garage, too, but um, the way I did it was oh. I had somebody come over and, and do it for me. So. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, yeah, and it also turned out well. Fun.
0: You know, painting your garage floor is really good fun. It's one of the most enjoyable projects I did.
1: Uh, well, you know, I, I, I wish you know if I'd seen that video before I had it done, I might have considered doing it myself. But uh, you know, to each his own, I guess.
0: Yeah, and painting the floor is easier than painting the walls because well, it doesn't drip. That's that's true. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I built the belt sander last week, uh, which is up and running. Ooh uh really really fun project as well and really easy and cheap like i just paid you know the motor from ebay for 22 euros and it's an old uh, russian motor still works uh and lots of scrap from the workshop and some skateboard wheels so i can re- recommend anyone building a belt sender.
1: nice nice
0: yeah it's...
2: Yeah, it's it's been on my list for for a long time yeah.
0: yeah it's really good you know i can just walk up to there and put some chamfers on some metal parts that i cut out
1: yeah, um, oh, that is yeah. nice. I feel like I need to get one in my in my shop or something like that. All I have is an orbital sander, <laughs> so it's need to get a probably better or a different different setup, I guess. Always, yeah. you know, I, always. I, I love
0: orbital sanders for metal. Like if if I've got shiny, fresh aluminium and there's a scratch on it, I can't sell it to customers. But if I just go over it with the orbital sander for a few seconds, it has a perfect matte
1: finish, and I can still sell it. <laughs> Oh, that's <laughs> good. Hopefully, uh, hopefully your customers aren't listening. <laughs> <laughs> that <There> they are. <laughs> no, I, but I, they
0: complain about the tiny scratch, but not if it's completely scratched.
1: Well, yeah, because it's supposed to be scratch if it's all it's all even. Yeah. I
0: guess.
2: <laughs> what What have you it's been working? Artisanally on? brushed.
1: Yeah. Exactly. So, so yeah, I've got two uh, two main projects I'm kind of working on now. I, I was working on a. Uh, Omni wheel robot with, with four wheels that kind of rolls around, you know, it turned out I, I learnt, ran into kind of a snag. of that. Yeah. Like a, it looks like a Roomba. It looks like a world war II era Roomba Roomba. So I'm trying to enhance that, get it to roll <laughs> around a little bit better, order some new wheels for it. Um, another project I'm working on, I've got a, a clock I'm working on that has four dials and it's going to be set up for four different time zones. I'm thinking California, Florida, England and then then um, Germany, I guess that's Central Europe. So you know, because I figure that's the people I talk to. And now, granted, United States has four time zones, so that would make more sense. Or is it maybe a three dial? I don't know. Anyway, it would make more sense to have it centered on where I live. But that's that's what well, it's you can make be, it seven dials. I could, I could, but um, that would be. Even, I, I'm finding out that four dials is extremely complicated, so I can only imagine what seven dials would be like. So, is it mechanical or is it with uh, digital with servos? It's uh, uses steppers, steppers for the four uh, four dials, and then for the minutes and the seconds, I'm gonna have a little OLED dis- display on it. I, I think it's gonna be pretty awesome once I get it all programmed and stuff. But you know, that's wow. um, yeah, should be good. <laughs> Sounds like a really good project. Yeah, should. Do you
2: have any plans for how you're going to keep it uh, from like drifting in time? Yeah,
1: actually I'm using a, Keeped um, accurate? <clears throat> originally I was going to use like an ESP module, a 266 module to get a uh, network time. But then I found, I was like, you know, this project's going to be too complicated anyway. I'm going to leave that for maybe step two. <laughs> so I just got a real time clock module that uh, like a DS for oh, yeah, yeah. something. You might know the number off the top of your head. I don't know, but, but yeah, that's, that's what I'm using a real time clock module and hopefully that'll uh that'll be an awesome project we'll we'll have to see You, you know i I built a cool. clock once or at least i attempted it I had
0: this idea of making a linear clock so the dial would go from left to right um oh okay yeah instead of round it's just linear but then uh I figured I want uh twenty four hours time uh that doesn't fit on a dial like the, the linear thing would have to be so long it would have to be you know two meters long for 24 hours (laughs) then i thought i have two um faces that would um rotate so one is at the front that has zero to 12 o'clock and then you rotate to the next dial and that has 12 to 24 um
1: and so do do germans generally not use 12 hour time they usually use 24 hour time or is that so that's just you No, yeah lots no lots of people are using 24 hours time okay yeah. yeah yeah it we, makes more you, sense i guess
0: you don't meet it to a well you can read it to a clock but then if you look for a train it says 14 o'clock it doesn't say 2 a.m or 2 p.m or whatever that is sure i mean yeah, you know, yeah that, i
2: think uh, conversationally we use uh, two three four o'clock whatever but we don't say at 16 o'clock but, yeah. but when you read out time it's it's always in the 24 hour mode basically. yeah
0: exactly okay and and I, I also use this real-time clock mode. And here in Germany, we've got this um, radio clock signal. It is like in Frankfurt, they've got one radio tower, and that sends out um, every minute um, the clock, the time, and has been doing that since the 70s, I think. And I wanted oh. to use that because I thought that's the easiest and most
1: reliable. But then ultimately, I'd never finished the clock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have something similar here. i usually just call it atomic time. Anyway, they have a radio signal that, does that in in america too Hmm. so in sweden we have a
2: woman that you can call and she will tell you the time (laughs) an actual person no it's it's a recorded voice they actually re-recorded her again a few years ago to update her voice (laughs) (laughs) so it, it just every every 10 seconds she just reads out the time Oh, and it's, cool. a, it's a telephone number anyone can call.
0: <laughs> Man, that, that, that lady must have been exhausting after 24 hours of recording the time. <laughs> I can only imagine. There's also the number uh, you know where you call a suite. Does it, is that still up? Uh, I, I think that, No,
2: I think they, they took it down. It, it was oh. like a pilot project from the Swedish tourism board or something. That was
0: really cool. You could just dial that number and you would be directed to a random suite.
2: Yeah, I think they call it from was it from Conan O'Brien or something?
0: I'm totally I'm not random. Sure.
1: So you, you you just get a. I mean, that sounds kind of annoying, actually. I mean, if I lived in Sweden and people were just, "Hi, I'm. Uh, are you from Sweden?" and they say, <laughs> well, "Yes, yeah, but I they, am." They're
0: like, "How many million Swedes are there?"
2: Like, ten. Yeah, you, you had five? you had to sign up for it as well. I okay. ah, had to
1: sign up. I thought they okay okay so but
2: but there were there were quite quite a few quite a few thousand of random swedes that were accepting of the task
1: well i guess if you were bored or lonely you know it's not a bad way to (laughs) 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 i I mean no I'm, i'm not even entirely joking i mean you know somebody around the world says i want to talk to somebody and you know you're just bored so yeah
0: you know and that brings us to the mojave uh phone booth i can't pronounce the name of the desert but it's the desert at the east coast where there was a phone booth and somebody got that number from the phone booth and he called it day and night when every three minutes for anybody to ever pick up but it was in the middle of a desert um and they had a great podcast about it but on uh, 99 percent invisible and then finally somebody um picked up the phone booth and then other people started calling it
1: from around (laughs) the world (laughs) It nice. was ringing constantly in the desert. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah, you know it's it's funny every once in a while I'll see a phone booth, and I usually I'll, if I do, I'll sometimes I'll pick it up and uh, make a collect call to one of my friends just to just to mess with them, <laughs> and then I guess it's not that great of a story, but they're getting to be <laughs> so rare now. Maybe you should have been there. You should have been there. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, well, actually, one thing. Before I forget, let's uh, give a shout out to Steven Booker. Thanks so much for sponsoring oh, this podcast. Thank
0: you, Steven. Thank you very much.
1: So, you know, if, if you're uh, our best Patreon contributor, that's and only. Right. And, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe if I come across a phone booth someday, I'll, I'll prank call you. Not that I have your phone number, but maybe I would. <laughs>
2: I, I, I won't do that. That, that could be a, a, a Patreon reward tier, get to prank phone calls.
0: That sounds really good. You know, it's the 3rd of January. Um, maybe now it's a good time to ask you two about what your goals are
1: for 2019. Oh, that's a, Ooh, that's a good that's question. You, kind of a, it's a surprise question. Well, What about you, Max? What is your goal for 2019? Let's, let's turn that around for, for now. <laughs> I was asked that yesterday
0: and I said more profit for my business. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, that's one of Because my- otherwise I'm quite happy, you
0: know, happy. Uh, YouTube works really well. You know, I, I don't need a goal for that. It's just I get a few more subscribers every day, so I'm happy with that. And my girlfriend is great, family is all good. So the only thing I need to improve, I think, is making more money.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's always good not to have any goals for your life, I, th- I think. So <laughs> I'm just... <laughs> Just, <laughs> you know, it sounds really hollow that I want to make more money, but I'm happy otherwise. So there's no need for improvement there. No, that that's great. I, I'm uh, obviously kidding. Um, I mean, myself, I would obviously like to make a little bit more money from my business, uh, but everything generally seems to be going pretty well. I, I can't complain too much. I guess. Um, I guess my goals are very similar to you, Max. With a few more subscribers on my YouTube page, uh, Twitter, better business stuff. Um, you know, obviously. Uh, I guess I should say, uh, I guess I should have some personal goals and such, which I suppose I do, but those are pretty much personal, <laughs> right? I guess. So, <laughs> um, and
0: you Daniel,
2: uh, I think, uh, forget about 2018, learn Italian, start up a business and grow my YouTube channel. I think that's, that's a good summary.
0: That's... Yeah. Learn Italian is a good idea. Yeah. yeah,
2: living in Italy without Italian—that's that's kind of uh, a no-go. I realize.
1: Yeah, but you can still enjoy the food.
2: That is true.
1: Is it is it as good as you would uh, imagine? Mm-hmm.
2: Well, it's not Swedish food, so not really.
0: <laughs> Daniel used to eat meatballs every day. Really, Ooh, that sounds pretty
1: meatballs. great.
2: <laughs> well, and and the sad thing is. Uh, Uh, the closest ikea is like two hours away so that's a long trip just to get some some good meatballs you know (laughs) so do they
0: how can i put you know i i I go to ikea regularly just to eat there (laughs) because it's close by and i even had a few business meetings there because they have a nice space to meet people and to discuss stuff and
2: (laughs) it's super nice i actually last summer i I bought a car in Sweden and I drove all through Europe, all the way to Turkey, and I made sure to map out where all the Ikeas on my route were, so I, I know I could have <laughs> good, good food, cheap food, and clean bathrooms all along the nice. way.
1: <clears throat> yeah, and a good parking spot as well.
2: That is true, yeah.
1: So, well, you know what, guys, I have to confess, I've actually never been to an Ikea. <laughs> it's okay. That's Okay. <laughs>
2: you don't know what you're missing.
1: Yeah. The furniture isn't that nice,
0: uh, at least not for the workshop. You, you take know, that back right house. now. No, I've got <laughs> I've got it in my house. I'm I'm sitting in front of a 4 meter row of uh malm uh dressers where all my electronics are stored in, but I had some
1: put in my workshop and they just broke in the first yeah. week from the weight of the screws. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I guess I, well from what I've heard about this place, apparently you walk in and they have it they have it organized in such a way that you just have to walk through all this stuff that just looks really useful and you just have to buy it and you just come out. You go in yeah. wanting, you know, say a, a lamp and you come out with a new bed and table and chairs. Is that... And probably meatballs that, too, I guess.
2: Yes. And the accessories. Basically. Yeah. Oh, don't forget the accessories for sure. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the, the good thing is everything there is really cheap, especially kitchen stuff and, you know, household stuff. Like... Mm. Um, I I bought a sugar dispenser on Amazon for eight euros and then I go to Ikea. They have exactly the same one for three euros. Hmm. So if you need any kitchen stuff from Ikea, you can just grab it, put it in your cart and you know it's the cheapest you can buy it anywhere.
1: So a serious question though, the stuff from Ikea, is it made? And it's good stuff. Is it made in China or is it made in Sweden? No,
2: Actually, most of it is not made in China, but it's made in low wage countries for the most of it. Okay. But they don't they don't have that much production in China actually.
0: No? Hmm.
2: No, if, if if you look, there's a lot of like made in Poland, like a lot of their, their fiberboard stuff oh, yeah. is Poland. Uh, made in Malaysia, Indonesia, stuff like that, but not so much in China. Yeah, that's true. Hmm.
0: I, I I was thinking about the, the kitchen stuff. Hmm. But then
2: I haven't studied the kitchen stuff yeah. too close.
0: Well, I just moved to a new place, so everything there is <laughs> it's from IKEA. I love their plates because they're so cheap. I can I could buy the, all the plates I needed from IKEA for the same price I would have paid for one yeah. plate elsewhere, like a quality plate.
1: I mean, you could but just buy just a bunch a plate. of plates and not have a dishwasher, right? <laughs> you could just do that. If they're cheap, <laughs> That's if they're the cheap American
0: enough. way of life. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when I was eating in America? And we were in Central Park, like at the corner of Central Park, there's like a gallery downstairs in the basement and it's like a food plaza. And we, it's like you put stuff in a plastic tray and then it gets weighed at the end and then you just pay by, by the Mm -hmm. weight of the food. And at the end of our meal, our table was just littered with plastic dishes, everything. So much plastic.
1: Wait, where was this exactly? Southeast corner of Central Park. In in New York, you mean? In New York, yeah. Okay. Hmm. Well, yeah. I I don't know. I I don't think I've ever purchased food like that by weight. I I've heard of it, but it was <laughs> there was there was a Chinese place in college that one of my friends apparently used to like to frequent. It was a buffet, but you could also get a container, get all the food you wanted, and then weigh it. That's that was my. That's Sounds what cool. I heard. I never went there. Sounds good, especially as a student. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah know it's probably he liked it yeah, actually so, so daniel
0: you said you want to grow your youtube channel uh what are your pl- your goals your plans for
2: that um i don't know keep doing the same thing i've been doing i, I i'm not really a guy that makes long-term plans i just, i want to get back to more regular uh, video releasing basically that, that that's my main goal that would yeah, be nice it's, it's been a <laughs> I had a period where I released every couple of weeks, but now it, it can be like two months between videos and it's, it's not because I don't want to do it. It's because it's just so much other stuff like maker knife has, has filled up my life for, for the last month, basically that and that alone.
1: I think you always have to have a balance between, for sure. I mean, you just can't always, you know, work and YouTube and, you know, quality versus quantity. I mean, you could certainly you could release something every week if you wanted to but it just wouldn't be as wouldn't be as good i wouldn't think mm. yeah i think so too yeah
2: i i have this kind of um, rhythm where i i get inspired and i can work like possessed for a month or two or three or whatever but then there's long stretches of i don't i don't have the motivation to do anything and that's a really hard balance because i know that the 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 um, the way to grow your YouTube channel is to be consistent, right? Not to have these spurts now and then it's a really hard balance sure. to learn.
1: Well, I mean, you're up to, you're up to a hundred thousand subscribers. So that's, you know, you're doing something Yeah, right. but over, o-
2: over, over five years. So it's not a quick grow.
1: Sure. Well, you know, you got the slow and steady wins the race, or whatever they say. I guess.
0: Well, but then Jacko has like a <laughs> yeah. half a
2: million. <laughs> but he's been hovering around half a million for like the last half year or so. It's like he gains a few hundred, he loses a few hundred. So, I'm, I'm, I'm. Really? Yeah. Loses. If, if you look at his growth chart, uh, it's going up and down, up and down, up and down, just a little bit. So I'm waiting for like that next little spurt that just shoots him into the millions, but it, it, it just doesn't happen. I don't know what what's what's going
0: on. Hmm. Hmm. Well maybe he has got this these some really outrageous movies um, that are really, you know, like a Mythbusters movie with lots of explosions mm-hmm. and stuff going on. And then he's got a normal video that maybe is not that interesting. Yeah, I, I, I think
2: it attracts two different crowds basically, and, and neither crowd likes the other type of video especially much. So it's it's a little bit of a of a dissonance between them, I think.
0: Yeah, but and that's what I thought. Uh, his name is perfect, exactly, like Jacko, yeah. whatever. He can do whatever exactly. he wants on his channel. <laughs> That's I, really, I notice really
2: whenever I do something that's, that's out of uh, out of my norm, people are just hate it through and through hate it, which I, I, I find kind of funny because I do stuff that I like to do. I don't do stuff just because I think people will like it. but it's it's just so interesting to see how quickly yeah. people flip because it's not the video that they es- expected it to be, right?
1: Yeah. Oh, I think I think that's other balance people have to find. You know, are you doing this to be consistent, or for for the people? Or are you doing exactly. this for you? You know, it's. I think. Um, I mean, if I don't know, or are you doing some mixture? If I was I doing
2: it only for for money, I would put you know do the most viral, crazy thing with the most outrageous thumbnails and everything. But, but then it's the question: Is that the kind of of yeah. YouTube maker that I want to be? And obviously not.
0: No, you gotta live with with the stuff you do in life, and I want to do a job where I can be proud of the results that I'm making, um, and I couldn't be that with yeah. with clickbaity stuff.
2: I think for 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 my part, it's like mm. without being too somber, but if I would die tomorrow, uh, sure, I want people to delete my Facebook and stuff, but I, I like the 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 YouTube. I'm actually proud of leaving as kind of. A legacy for the world after me
0: yeah
1: yeah very true yeah there you go so <laughs> well it's been a uh, been a real pleasure talking to you daniel likewise and uh, you as always max
0: it, it really was yeah ah, thank you very much guys
1: yeah glad to so. be here
0: yeah. yeah. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to it and also consider paying us, you know, <laughs> a buck <laughs> per episode on Patreon. That would be really nice and helps out. Um, and if you want to um, find more about Daniel, you can find uh, him at no, wait. Yeah. Where
2: can we find you? YouTube.com/slash switch and lever or switch and lever on Instagram or wherever you see the words switch and lever combined. It's probably me.
0: Nice. And if you haven't bought the Maker Knife uh, yet, make where can you buy knife. it?
2: Makerknife.com, or you go to Kickstarter and you search for Maker Knife. Oh, God, that, 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 was, that was my from salesman voice knife. coming Because com, to... Kickstarter oh, sorry, gets I a competition. <laughs> Head over to Kickstarter and push that so, Maker Knife button.
1: Only available for <laughs> two more days, or probably <laughs> more, much, much longer, That was, longer,
0: sure. that was Bob
2: oh, yeah, was In it? the yeah. hands of a Maker. That's that's Bob Claggett. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and how about you, uh, Jeremy? Where can we find you? So yeah, I guess the biggest thing I'm on YouTube. Um, Jeremy S. Cook is my channel. If you want to just search for that, and um, on Twitter, I'm at at Jeremy S. Cook. So that's where you could find me. Or if you want to shoot me an email, it's info at jeremyscook.com because that sounds more more uh, <laughs> mature that's than what high. What we do in Europe. Hi yeah. at jeremyscook.com. but either one will work. And um, what about you, Max? Where can we find you? On YouTube, of course. Uh, Max Maker—that's my channel.
0: Uh, green logo, and yeah, we make maker videos: <laughs> electronics, woodworking, steel. Same as Jeremy, and similar to Daniel um, as well. Yeah, that's right. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next week. And thank you, Daniel, thank for you being for our guest. Us. It was yeah. really
1: nice. Thanks so much. Bye
0: bye. Bye bye.